Good morning, gorgeous. How are you doing this morning? I hope you're having a wonderful day so far. Welcome to the Dr. Dav Show. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Dav, and we are in December, girl. I'm happy. I love, 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 love the Christmas time, the Christmas season. I love the holidays, and I wanted to bring you something special this month by giving you three podcasts a week instead of the two that I normally do as my gift to you. And one of the gifts that I want to always instill and impart in you is the love of God and cultivating and building up yourself to be a woman of God. That would be the most important thing in my lifetime to know that I have helped you in your process of becoming closer to your King, the Lord Jesus. Because that, my love, is the key to every single thing in your life is having a relationship with God. All of those other things that you're trying to do, all of the things that you're trying to achieve, the things that you're trying to own, to have, to experience, are all within the kingdom of God. So you tapping into that is the key to fulfillment in your life. And I would love to be able to help you through that process. And that's why this month I'm bringing you one extra episode. For those of you who are not aware, I have a YouTube channel. I know some of you have never seen my face. You only listen to the podcast and you have discovered my YouTube channel so that you can actually see what I look like. But I actually am on YouTube and um, I have three channels. <laughs> my main channel is a channel that I focus on teaching femininity and talking about relationships and marriage and beauty and that kind of thing. And that's my main channel, Dr. Michelle Daff. And then I have a vlog channel, which I used to actually post on more. And that was just sort of like my day in the life, getting to know me, getting to know me personally. So I'm not teaching, I'm just living. That channel is called Michelle My Bell, and um, I don't post regularly on there because I don't find the community to be that strong since I've been so on and off on there. It's kind of, uh. so I'm not as active, but I do have a third channel that I'm becoming a lot more active on, and this channel is focused on faith, on spirituality. They're really just cozy conversations around Christ. It's not preachy. It's not one of those, like, I'm not necessarily trying to disciple anyone. I'm just sharing the things of God, situations in my life, things that God put on my heart. So it's just really cozy, casual conversations around Christ. And that channel is called Mornings with Michelle. The purpose of that channel is to allow you to maybe have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or water and just sit out and commune together about God, about Christ. For those of you who are really trying to build yourself up in God, um, that's what it's for. So they are vlog style, so it's not like I'm not giving you a formal video like I do on my main channel. It's really just like a casual channel. So the conversations are just really like free flowing. And sometimes I'll take you on my day and show you what I'm doing. And this month I am bringing you some of the segments from that channel onto the podcast because I started a book on that channel 
The channel is called Mornings with Michelle, and we're reading a book right now called Disciplines of a Godly Woman. This book was gifted to me years ago before I actually was in Christ. And I I have read this book maybe three times, but I've never been able to get through it. I always thought the book was really boring. I did not understand the book because I actually wasn't saved. And because I wasn't saved, everything was really going over my head. This is the first time I'm reading it after giving my life to Jesus, after being in the kingdom of God. And it is a completely different book for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not reading the book. It's not like Um, what I do here on the podcast where I'm like reading um, and going through the book in that way. It's really going to be just conversations around each chapter. This book is basically teaching you as a woman how to be a woman of God, essentially. So they're disciplines of godly women, things that godly women focus on in their lives. And I believe they're like, I don't know, 12 or 13 chapters. It's pretty lengthy. And I will be bringing you four chapters here on the podcast for the month of December. And then if you would like to continue to listen, then you can follow me on that channel and you can get the rest of those episodes there. So I just wanted to introduce it because I'm going to be pulling the audio from the video. And so the audio won't be as probably as crisp as this because it's going to be pulled directly from the um, YouTube video. I'm not going to do separate audio for the podcast. I just wanted to expose you to this content. And if you love it, then you can join me on YouTube um, after this month ends. And lastly, on that channel, I also make videos that are like really relaxing scriptures from the Bible, whether it's a psalm or it's scriptures on like anxiety or on pain or on healing, different things like that. So they're really short videos and I try to just put like relaxing nature scenes and things of that nature with some anointed music and the sound of my voice to help you to not just relax and just kind of reset, but to introduce you to maybe some scriptures that you've never seen before and to help you to maybe memorize them or speak them into your own life. So it's a beautiful, beautiful way of just presenting biblical scripture to you ladies and I will actually insert those segments into these segments this month so that you can hear what they sound like. I'll probably play them either at the beginning or at the end of the episode so that you can um, experience that and if you want to see it visually you can visit Mornings with Michelle and you can watch it there. So I know that was a long introduction. Today we're talking about the discipline for godliness. You know, you want to be a godly woman. What does that mean? How do you get yourself to be a godly woman? And in the vlog, I started the vlog off by showing you myself at the gym and training myself in terms of my body. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to train yourself to be godly. So go ahead and sit back, relax, get something cozy and warm to drink, and let's talk about this. We are talking today about godliness and being a godly woman. We are reading from the book, 
Disciplines of a Godly Woman by Barbara Hughes. And this book means a lot to me now because I am trying to make sure that I don't move away from where God has brought me. And part of that is being involved in just something to keep you on your walk because so many times we find Jesus, Jesus finds us, we get in Christ and then it's like we change and we're going through all this stuff and then life continues and we find ourselves sometimes like backtracking and going back to the place where we once were or just not knowing how to grow in God. So I feel like this book is going to be really helpful in helping us to check ourselves, to keep ourselves in check. <laughs> so this week we're talking about godliness. So let me ask you, are you a godly woman? Would you consider yourself a godly woman? If people were talking about you, would they say you are a godly woman? I want you to think about that. What exactly does it mean to be a godly woman? You saw in the beginning of the vlog me going to the gym and I was training my body as we all should do, keep ourselves in shape and exercise and all of that. But a lot of times we focus so much on our outer appearance and training our physical appearance and we don't focus on training our spirit, training our soul to be able to conform to the image of Christ. And that's what this is all about, is this idea of training ourselves to be godly women. I have everything written down in my book, so I'm going to be looking down and referencing this quite a bit. Something I find really interesting about physical appearance, physical features, putting our best clothes on and our makeup and our hair and our jewelry and just walking out in the world and feeling beautiful. Something I find really interesting about that, I feel like God put this on my heart the other day, is we can't actually see ourselves. Once you walk out of your house and you're walking on the street with whatever clothes you're wearing, your makeup, your hair, your jewelry, your bag, all of your cute stuff, you can't even see yourself. So yes, you're projecting an image to the world and the people around you are the ones giving you compliments or showing you favor because of how you look, but you can't actually see yourself. The image that you have in your mind is the image that you have remembered of yourself from the mirror, from pictures, and how people treat you and the, the compliments that you get. It's like all stored up on the inside and that's what projects out that confidence or however you act because you know you look good is really a projection from the inside. And I found that to be so astonishing when the Holy Spirit revealed that to me because I'm like, you're right. The people who are confident people, it's because they have confidence stored up on the inside that they're projecting out. It's really whatever is on the inside that's showing up on the outside. And once you catch that revelation, it'll mean a lot to you. The outer beauty, the outer things are not really for you. The inner things, how you feel is for you. And you know that because there are some days you probably look really good and feel really awful. You may be going to work in your best outfit, your best suit, your perfume and all of that, but on the inside, you feel like crap. And it doesn't even matter that you look good. Yeah, of course you look good, you feel good, but not really, <laughs> not really. 
the inside is so much more important and yes we know that but it's hard for us to put effort into that the same way we put effort into the way that we look the way we look is just like instantly more gratifying but it fades away immediately you know you always want the next thing you always want to look better you want to fix this you want to revamp this it's always happening and you never get caught up to that so the bottom line is looks only go so far your looks only go so far and the most important thing in your life is how you experience life and how people experience you as a person so this idea of training what does it actually mean to train the definition to train is to teach a person or animal a particular skill or type of behavior through practice and instruction over a period of time. Okay, so a skill or behavior that's taught through practicing it and instruction over a period of time. So with that being said, I want to know how much time do you spend training yourself to be like Jesus, to be like Christ, to be a godly woman. How much time do you spend in training for that aspect of your life? I'm reading from the book. The Apostle Paul links the idea of necessary training or discipline with the spiritual life. First Timothy 4, 7 says, train yourself to be godly. That word train is derived from the very ancient Greek word, which we get the word in English, gymnasium. By New Testament times, it's referred to exercise and training in general. In a sense, Paul is saying, gymnasticize yourself for the purpose of godliness. He is calling for a spiritual workout. It's a spiritual workout that Paul deems to be much more important than a morning jog around the town. He goes on to say, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. 2 Corinthians 4.16 Like the Greek athletes who lay aside their clothing to avoid encumbrances, we Christian women need to get rid of every association, habit, and tendency that impedes godliness. The writer of Hebrews talks about this shedding of hindrances. Therefore, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance with perseverance the race marked out for us hebrews 12 1. the thing here is that we have to remember that we're spirit beings and we live in a body our body is not the most important thing our spirits are because that's who you actually are a spirit in a body and we all do this. We all focus so much on the outside of us, but we don't focus on our spirit. We even focus on our soul, like our emotions, our mind, our will. You know, we go to therapy, which helps when we have issues with our soul. But what about your spirit? What about the actual driving force that is really behind it all? If you don't attend to your spirit, you're going to be searching for something 
all your life and never feel fulfilled. That is something that is connected to God. And we all exist for God. We all need God. If we're not connected spiritually, if we're not doing what we're supposed to do spiritually, we will never be okay. And the idea of discipline can just feel so daunting sometimes. When when I first read this book, like the reason why I think, even though I kept getting pulled back to it, I kind of just felt like a little overwhelmed is because of that word discipline. When I see the word discipline, it just makes me feel like I have to stop doing something. Like I have to like be hard and rigid. Like that's what I think about when I think of discipline. So I want to stay away from discipline, right? And that's something that I feel like in my life, I struggled with in different areas is disciplining myself. And um, it's like, I don't know about you, but when you're younger, you have your parents telling you what to do, telling you, giving you boundaries. You can't do this, you can do that. But when you become an adult, you're responsible for how much you decide you're gonna eat. You're responsible for how long you're gonna be out at night. You're responsible for whether you take a shower or not. Like these things that your parents or your caregivers were responsible in making sure that you got done, like cleaning your room and all of these things, when you're an adult, it's on you. And if you don't develop your own sense of discipline, then you're going to be out there. You're gonna be miserable really because everything is gonna be in utter chaos. And so many of you are struggling with chaos inside of yourself because you don't have spiritual discipline. You may be able to discipline your body and how much you eat and all of that and your money, but you're not disciplining your spirit. You're not disciplining your soul. Ladies, before we continue, I want to share my fragrance line with you, Fine Forever. Fine Forever is a fragrance line with a promise. It is a blessed luxury fragrance line that promotes the promises of God. Each fragrance is tied to a biblical scripture to remind you that with God, you will be fine forever. We launched our first fragrance, 2911, after the scripture, Jeremiah 2911, which talks about the plans God has for your life. This fragrance is rich, deep, mysterious, and feminine. It will surely turn heads and become a signature scent for you. We also have our Faith Collection, which introduces two beautiful fragrances that are unique and memorable, Silent Storm and Mustard Seed. Mustard Seed is a fresh, delicate, and bright aquatic floral fragrance, and it's reminiscent of a warm beach on a tropical sea. Silent Storm is a decadent gourmand fragrance that portrays youthful femininity. Silent Storm is rich, smooth, and refined. Visit the website www.fineforever.com. You can use the code Dr. Daff for 20% off of your fragrance. Thank you so much for your love, your kindness, and your support. Now, back to our episode. So spiritual discipline is necessary because it keeps you in line with what you chose when you chose Jesus. You decided that you wanted to accept 
your Savior as your own, as your Lord. And there are principles and guidelines that come with that. If you're not disciplined, then you won't be within those boundaries that protect you and protect your life. Romans 3, 9 says, What then? Are we better? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jew and Gentiles are all under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become useless. There is no one who does what is good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They deceive with their tongues. Vipers, venom is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and wretchedness are in their paths and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And this is the truth. This is how so many of us live. And I want to ask you, what is pulling you away from your walk with God? We take so many other things seriously in our lives. Like when we want to achieve a certain thing, when we want to be a certain way, we take it seriously. You want to start being better with your money, with your health. You want to start doing your makeup better. If you want to start dating, you take it seriously. You look into it, you research it, you practice, you go out and you buy things, you go to certain places, you try to cultivate certain relationships. Like you do whatever needs to be done in order to fulfill that thing, right? when it's important to you. We all do it. But for some reason, when it comes to being a godly woman, we don't put any effort into that. We don't go out of our way to figure out what we need to do and then practice it and implement it daily. It feels too much. It feels too painful sometimes or too hard. And for a lot of us, the the truth is we maybe want to, but we have hindrances. We have things in our lives that we are doing that's pulling us away from our relationship with God. So some of you may feel like, yeah, you want to be like fully godly or you want to do things differently, but you also don't want to give up this one thing. Or you feel like you're not worthy because you are having a hard time with a certain area in your life. And so you feel like, well, maybe God is not going to accept you then. So why even pursue godliness some of you may feel like being godly is boring is dry (laughs) you know you have too much flavor to be godly because it sounds like being perfect when you hear a godly woman you think oh like there's an image that pops up in your head right what does that image look like what does a godly woman look like in your head when you just hear the word i know what it looks like in my head looks like a woman who is covered up from her neck all the way down to her feet in like a a dress that has buttons all the way up to here and she's quiet and her hair is in a tight bun and she doesn't say much she's just smiling in there and sure like there's nothing wrong with that image but before I was in Christ that image just seemed so dull And the thing is, it's not even about what you look like. You know, it's like we think that this perception of this person, this perfect person who is just so boring, is what you have to be to be in Christ, to be godly. But we're going to learn in this book, like what it actually does take and what then starts coming out of you naturally, because 
that's the Holy Spirit's work in you. We have to put effort into spiritual things. We cannot neglect this part of our lives. In this world, especially in America, so many, so many of us are depressed, have anxiety, have serious, serious emotional and physical, like actually health-related issues that are tied directly to your spiritual life. You also may even have things that are like mountains that are problems in your lives. Maybe some of you are having a hard time staying in a relationship, having a hard time watching your mouth, having a hard time being able to get a job, being able to conceive. Or There's so many different things that your walk with God, well, really everything, your walk with God impacts. And so this is not to say you need to be completely without flaw in order to be godly but what it means is that you need to try to start training after having my baby i did not want to go back in the gym i was not interested because it seemed too hard to start so far back i gained about 50 pounds being pregnant so me thinking oh losing 50 pounds like how am i gonna like it just seemed too too much right it, it's like this is i'm too far gone i'm too far back but when it comes to things of God, you're never too far gone. You're never too far back. As a matter of fact, those are the people that he really enjoys, I believe, bringing into his light because it shows people that it had to be God. It, it really proves the kingdom of God's work in the person's life. You don't have to do it by yourself. You're not supposed to do it by yourself. And I think that's the hardest part of it is that we think that we have to do it by ourselves. So I'm asking you, what is weighing you down? Is it just a fear of being so different than who you are? Do you feel like you're going to miss out on having fun? And the things that, you know, this world says makes your life meaningful? Are you afraid of losing people in your life because you're changing? Do you feel God even tugging at you? Do you feel God telling you like, it's time, it's time, it's time? For me, that's that's really what it was. I got sick of the way that I was. I got so disgusted with my behavior. I was bothering myself. And really, that was God just really pulling at me and saying, Michelle, it's time. Give it up. And I finally said, yeah, I want to give it up. So what is that for you? What are you holding on to? What is stopping you? from allowing the Lord to get to know you, to change you, to heal you. What is it? Something you're gonna have to come to terms with is that this may be painful. It was for me. It doesn't have to be for everyone, but it may be painful. And when it comes to athletes who are training, who are putting themselves through something for a purpose, they know it's, no pain, no gain. Like if you're not putting in the work, if you're not going through the process, you're not gonna get the outcome of what you desire. And it's the same thing with our spiritual discipline. Spiritual disciplines call for a serious commitment, no pain, no gain effort. Athletes in serious training willingly undergo hours of discipline and pain in order to meet the goal or to win the prize. 
Many women will understand this easily in physical terms, having already made a commitment to train their bodies, spending long hours at the gym for the outward prize of a trim figure. But even those women may be neglecting to bring that same discipline to a flabby soul. What condition is your soul in? Is your soul flabby? You look good on the outside, but is the inside completely out of shape? Let's talk about some reasons why some people may be hesitant to train to be godly. One of the reasons I said already was just, just you feeling like you're doing it by yourself, like it's too hard, like maybe you tried, you've tried to stop taking pills, you've tried to stop you know, sleeping around, you've tried all of these different things, but it seems like you just can't get yourself to do it. And with that, again, I say, that's why you do it with the Lord. God is the one who empowers you. Without God, you actually can't because you don't belong to him. You have to invite him in, right? So Jesus says that I am the vine and you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. You have to stay connected to the vine. You have to stay connected to Jesus in order to be able to accomplish anything. So some of you actually aren't even connected at all. Like the, the plug isn't in the circuit. It's not in the wall. So that's one reason. And there are lots. And you can tell me in the comments what some of your you know reasons or issues are in this area. But some people also fear legalism. There are some people who feel like if they start going by the rules of God, that they're going to become like legalistic and they're losing out on the relational spiritual connection with God. And if for those of you who don't know what that means, let me just read out of the book. Let's face it, many of us think of spiritual discipline in terms of living to the letter of the law, or as a series of draconian rules that no one could possibly live up to. Such legalism seems to us a path to frustration and spiritual death. But true discipline is a far cry from legalism. Thank God. The difference lies in your motivation. Legalism is self-centered. Discipline is God-centered. This legalistic heart will say, I will do this thing to gain merit with God. The discipline heart says, I will do this because I love God and I want to please him. So the true heart of discipline is relationship. And you don't want to be on either extreme. You don't want to be someone who's legalistic and says like, if I do all of these things, if I follow all these rules, then God will love me. He will provide for me. He will do all these things. But it's also dangerous to be on the other side of that, which is like, I can do whatever I want. And because I've been saved by grace, <laughs> the Lord loves me, we have a great relationship, I'm good. Like, I don't have to follow the things that God asked me to do. And I remember there was a time in my life recently, actually, where I found myself, like, praying and fasting and trying to, like deal with all these things in my life and i would have dreams and people would say oh it's it's this happening in your life it's that happening you have to pray against that you have to and i was just like why do i have to do so much work 
why do I have to do so much spiritual work? I thought that just being in Christ, like God would handle it for me. And I was actually getting frustrated because I'm thinking like some of you people are spending six hours praying in tongues and you're fighting this demon and that demon and this. And then it's like, this is very draining. <laughs> I really felt like this is very draining. I'm not doing all that. Like this is too much work. Okay. I thought God and his angels are supposed to be helping me out with all this stuff, right? And then I decided, okay, you know what? I do have a part to play in this. Like there is spiritual warfare. There are certain things that I have to be involved in and not be oblivious to what's going on. But then, you know, God put something on my heart. Once I got my act together, God was like, listen, I just want you to spend time with me, spend time in the word, spend time in prayer and do what I ask you to do on a day to day. Listen to me when I'm talking to you. If I ask you to buy an extra croissant for this person, then buy it. If I ask you to stay up a little later and pray for this person, then stay up. Just listen to me, flow with me. And with this time you spend with me, like I'm gonna infuse light in you. And that light that I'm giving you by being with me in my presence, that's gonna dispel the darkness. The darkness cannot dwell where light is. You don't have to spend five hours casting out all these devils and finding every single demon for every single thing. And you don't have to do that. You need to abide in me and allow my words to abide in you. I will handle those things for you. The light in you will handle those things for you, you know? And that was a beautiful revelation for me because again, it, it took me out of this like place of control. That's the whole point of being in relationship with Christ is that you don't have to do anything by yourself anymore. God is with you. God helps you. But the relationship is what he wants from you. And when you love him, you're going to do what he wants you to do because you have a relationship. When you have a relationship with anyone, a real relationship, when you get to know them, you know what they like, you know what they don't like. So when you're doing it, you know to stop or you know to apologize. But if you don't know them, then you don't even know when you're messing up. So I had to remember this and that was actually more of a beautiful process than just doing a bunch of like rituals and work. So then I would find myself, for example, if I had a a conversation with someone and I know I said something I probably shouldn't have said, like I went a little too far or I could have just not said that, right? Then I will hear God impressing on me, Michelle, just apologize. Like, I don't want to apologize. <laughs> Michelle, please apologize, you know? And so I say, okay. And I muster up the strength from God and I ask him to help me to apologize to this person. And then I apologize. And then God's like, there you go. And this beautiful walk is what he's looking for. The ability to be able to listen to him and to be able to produce the fruit that he instills in you as you spend time with him. Because we live in a fallen world that the devil and the demons are always trying to trip you up, mess you up, upset you, throw you off. Like you are in a battle in that sense. 
but you have the decision, you have the choice to make in every moment as to how you're going to behave. The more time you spend with God, the more you naturally want to do what he asked you to do because you love him so much and so much of him is now radiating through you and that's the beauty of godliness that's what you see in a godly person it's not even about what they're wearing or anything like that it's about what you perceive that you can't see and that's jesus inside of them that's what you want inside of you so what's the fine print what is the cost to being a godly woman because everything got a cost everything got a price girl if you want to weigh a certain weight if you want to look a certain way you have to stop eating those donuts you have to put down the mac and cheese you have to skip out on the pie you have to get a espresso instead of a frappuccino you have to start doing things differently in your diet eating more fruits and vegetables drinking more water in order to meet that goal everything costs. If you want to start a business or if you want to earn extra money, you may have to stay up extra late and not get as much sleep because you're applying for jobs or you're researching on whatever you're doing, fulfilling orders, answering back to customers. You're going to lose out. If you want to have a baby, you're going to have to sacrifice your body for nine months and more than that actually, but you're going to have to change what you eat and change where you go and how you spend your time because you are bringing life into the world. So for every decision you make, there is a price, good and bad. And so when you decide that you're going to be more intentional about being a godly woman, what is it going to cost you? So right off the bat, the first thing it's going to cost you is your time. When you give your life to Christ, when you fully surrender to him, there's this place of consecration and i know that's a big word and it's something we can talk more about later but it's a shift of you saying that everything of me everything of mine belongs to you my body my time my tongue everything belongs to you god so if your time is not yours anymore then it belongs to god if he says i want you to stay up so i can talk to you i want you to wake up early so i can talk to you that's a sacrifice and for those of you who are like me, who love to sleep, my time is a huge sacrifice. So your time is going to cost you time. You're not going to be able to do whatever you want with your time because you're going to need to spend time with God in worship, in prayer, in conversation, your time. It's also going to cost your relationships. God is going to ask you to start moving away from certain people and moving close to certain people. And you're going to have to be willing to walk away because not everyone is going to be able to be with you in the place that God has for you. So be prepared for that. It's also going to cost your will. Your will is your own control over your life in terms of saying that I want this, so I'm going to do this. Instead, God is going to say, I want you to have this, even though you want that. Which one are you going to choose? If you are in line with God, if you want to be a godly woman, then you're asking the Lord for his will in your life, his perfect will to be done. You don't ever want to be outside of his will. So you're saying, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever is happening in heaven, let that happen here in my life, in my country, in my world. 
right? So your will is strong. Your will is what's going to make you say, no, thank you. I'm going to do this instead, even though God has been impressing it on your heart to do something different. Giving up your will is a sacrifice because you are moving and walking with the Holy Spirit. But the Lord says that those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. When you're God's child, you're going to be listening and moving with him. And your will is going to be in the background. (laughs) And God's will, which is what you actually really want. You may not know you want it, but it's what you need. His will comes to the forefront. And another sacrifice you're going to have to make is just choosing differently. Your choices are going to be different choices than they used to be in the past if you want to be a godly woman. So instead of listening to certain music or watching a certain show, even if it's popular, even if everyone is talking about it or it seems like right up your alley, you're going to say, I'm not doing that because that takes me outside of the will of God. That takes me outside of the walk that I have with God. It's going to impact me in a way that I am not prepared to pay for because I love God and I don't want to do anything that's going to make it harder for us to connect. I was actually scrolling through YouTube and I saw a clip of Scandal. Remember that show Scandal? And I wanted to click it so bad because I really liked that show when it was on. It's not a show that I would watch now, but before I was saved, I did watch Scandal and I really liked the relationship between Olivia Pope and the present. Like I oh, I love their chemistry and it was so awful. Like the concept of what was actually happening was so awful. Yet I found myself really enjoying it. So when I saw the little clip today, I wanted to click it. It was like a three minute clip and I really wanted to click it. But that decision has to come. It's like, are you gonna watch this when you know that this is not something that glorifies God, a woman having sex with another woman's husband. Do you want that to manifest in your life? Do you want that to be around you in your ministry, that that spirit that's behind this show? And I know it may sound super spiritual, but a lot of you are deceived because you have no idea what's actually going on in the spirit world. which completely 100% impacts what happens in the physical world. But there are, there are spirits attached to everything, attached to music, attached to TV shows. And that's why you can hear certain music and you can feel completely relaxed. Music can actually heal people, physically heal people. Music has the power to do that. Just like it has the power to bring demons into your life. And you'll know that because you can listen to certain music and it can completely upset you. You can listen to, you can watch a certain TV show and it can completely upset you, upset you on the inside where it's like spiritually, you just don't feel good anymore, right? And God is trying to protect you from all of those things. These disciplines are not restrictions to say you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. It's more like my daughter, my love, my baby girl. I don't want this for you. That's what we have to remember is that the Lord loves us so much that he doesn't want anything that's not good for you. That's real love. But again, you're paying a price. So the question for you is, are you prepared to pay this price? Are you willing to pay the price for godliness? So I'll end it with this scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 
verse 25, which reads, Now everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. However, they do it to receive a crown that will fade away. But we, a crown that will never fade away. No matter who you are, no matter how you look, no matter how much money you have, you're going to get old. You're not going to look the same forever. No matter how much you work out, your muscles will not look the same, be the same. No matter how much plastic surgery you get, how much, you know, facials and skincare products and makeup you wear, you're going to look different. You're going to get old, you're going to age, you're going to be chasing after something that's no longer there. Doesn't mean you're not beautiful because beauty is from the inside. And that's why it's important to pursue godliness, pursue the beauty that doesn't fade, pursue the things that are going to give you an everlasting crown, not just a crown here. The comments from people, the compliments, the favor from man, those things fade away. Those things are not nearly as important as the crown that you're going to receive when you meet your creator, when you meet your father in heaven. The crown of saying, you did well here on earth by pursuing me. So I want to know from you, what are some things that you know that you can do in your life to pursue godliness? What are some things that you can practically do each and every day to help you to pursue being a more godly woman? And I would like to know what hinders you personally from being the godly woman that you believe that God has called you to be. And the reason why I want to know that is because maybe I need to create content that can help you with particular areas in your life that you're struggling with. So let's continue this conversation in the comments and also continue the conversation with God. God wants to continue this conversation with you personally. So in your private time with God, talk to him about this, about you walking in godliness. Thank you so much for spending time with me this morning and listening to this conversation. Again, this is the book, Disciplines of a Godly Woman. You can pick it up if you haven't. And I'm excited to get through this. This is helping me. It's re, you know, wiring me, reminding me to pursue the walk that God has for me and I hope that it does the same for you. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for spending your morning with me. I hope you have a wonderful day and remember that joy comes in the morning. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He himself will deliver you from the hunter's net, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord my refuge, the most high, 
your dwelling place. No harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent. For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Because he is lovingly devoted to me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. <laughs>